Hey folks, Andy Patton here, joined today by the great Sam Dower. Sam and I are going to talk about his Gonzaga career and hear his thoughts on the transfer portal, NIL, and the direction Gonzaga and college hoops are headed right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Don't go away. You are Locked On Zags, your daily podcast on the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is going on, y'all? Welcome to the Locked On Zags podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host and longtime Gonzaga podcaster, Andy Patton, here to bring you news and updates on all things Zag athletics. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. All right, I am thrilled to be joined today by Taco Bell enthusiast and four-year Gonzaga big man, Sam Dower. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Andy, thank you for having me, and uh, I really appreciate you, you know, working with my schedule. Um, you know, it's hard for me to work around, like, my work mm-hmm. schedule and yours as well, so I'm glad yeah. we found a good time that worked for both of us. No, man, I was willing to make this work whenever we were able to make it work, so I'm glad uh, glad to have the opportunity to, to talk to you and uh, to kind of hear your thoughts on on what's going on with Gonzaga. We were We were – an undergrad at the exact same time. And I know that to me, it doesn't feel like that long ago, but in the kind of annals of Gonzaga history, it feels like a long time ago. And one of the, one of the main things that seems to have changed is that before there wasn't a whole lot of people from Minnesota coming out to Spokane, but then since, since your arrival, we've had Gino Crandall transferred uh, to Gonzaga out of Minnesota, of course, Chet Holmgren and Jalen Suggs, two huge players to come out of Minnesota to join us in Spokane. But I would love to hear how you from Brooklyn Park, Minnesota, before there was a big pipeline of kids from Minnesota coming to Spokane, what brought you out West to Spokane to join the Zags? Yeah. Um, going back to be, be, feeling old. I definitely feel old. Uh, I had my, uh, man, I'm a pussy old now moment when I saw that uh, one of my roommates at Gonzaga, uh, he's actually uh, David Stockton's cousin. Oh, yeah. His little brother just graduated from law school. I'm like, sheesh. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm feeling it too. Feel like, it's crazy. And also, Tommy Lloyd's son, who played mm-hmm. at Grand Canyon, I live in Arizona now. He's, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's in college playing basketball. And I literally like knew them when they were little kids. Like, it's yeah. unreal. Um, but yeah, definitely getting old. I, you know, got the gray hairs, you know, I'm, I'm owning <laughs> up to it. At least it's a part of life. We just got to embrace it. Um, but back to, you know, Minnesota, like Minnesota mm-hmm. how I ended up at Gonzaga. Um, it was, it was pretty cool. So like I was mm-hmm. playing basketball, like I was a late bloomer in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, so I didn't always have the notoriety per se, or mm-hmm. you know, looking at me um, early on in my career, but one of the teams that were, was uh, Gonzaga. Mm-hmm. Um, they had, you know, started recruiting me, you know, right from my, you know, sophomore year, and then mm-hmm. obviously on to my junior year when I when I committed. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's definitely, you know, something cool to look back on. Um, but yeah, the, you know, it's the typical, you know, recruiting process. You know, mm-hmm. they send letters. You know, I, you know, whenever it was um, 
whenever they were allowed to talk to, you know, talk to me, I would talk to Coach mm-hmm. Few and stuff like that during the off season. And uh, when I'm traveling, um, you know, they would come to our games um, in the, you know, AAU. Yeah. Um, but then I went on my, you know, official visit, which it was like a big, it was a long process because um, as I got better, I had more colleges looking at me. Um, and then I had to narrow that list down um, yeah. when I when it came to, you know, picking, you know, where I wanted to go. And obviously Gonzaga was in that top five, but it was just tough just getting to that point because um, I had to go and tell all those other colleges like, hey, you know, thanks for, you know, recruiting me, but I think I'm going a different direction. Like that yeah. was a uh, – that was really hard for me, but it was something that I had to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like a lot of, you know, young athletes have to do, you know, um, narrow it down to that five is, you know, it's just yeah. part of the process. But then once I got down to that, you know, top five, which uh, was Gonzaga, George Mason, mm-hmm. Marquette, Cal Berkeley, and mm-hmm. Minnesota. Yeah. Um, those are my top five. I visited – George Mason, obviously Minnesota, I was, that was home. Mm-hmm. Um, Marquette and Gonzaga. I actually never made it out to Cal Berkeley, mm-hmm. um, but I had planned on it right after I went to Gonzaga, but I committed on my Gonzaga. Um, so I don't know if you have any questions around that, but yeah, it, it was a, a very cool process. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. I'm happy that, you know, Gonzaga looked at me as, you know, somebody that they wanted to bring on to their, to their team. Yeah. I, we've heard this story a few times, I think from, from other uh, Gonzaga student athletes as well, that one of the things that really seems to help uh, in terms of recruiting for the Zags is being one of, if not the first program on somebody. I know specifically with Shemek Karnowski, uh, before he committed to Gonzaga, there had been some rumblings that like Duke and some other high profile programs had kind of started checking in towards the end, but yeah. Gonzaga had been on him for, for years. And obviously the international pipeline at Gonzaga was very, very strong. Hopefully is still as strong, although Tommy obviously had a huge part uh, in, in that. But that's kind of a theme I've noticed a lot is that Gonzaga seems to be very good at getting guys kind of early and, and getting them before maybe a lot of the other programs are around. Is that kind of kind of how it happened uh, for yeah, you? Yeah, that was uh, definitely how it happened with me. And I looked at it because I had to look at colleges, you know, something different that I had, you know, always mm-hmm. – and it as I'm like, man, like I'm potentially going to be going to this place for four years. Right. It's going to be the next fit for Sam for four years. Mm-hmm. And I looked at it as, well, this team has been recruiting me from beginning. Yeah. I think they'll be pretty invested in me if they're, you know, spending all this time before I even, you know, saw the potential in myself, you know, they seen it yeah. like, man, this guy could be good. Um, so I really leaned towards that when it came to my decision-making um, and that's why Gonzaga, you know, ended, ultimately ended up, you know, being the door, being the choice. How much and and Gonzaga's ability to develop bigs in particular has been really, really spectacular over the last decade or so. And, and obviously, it was good before that too. You look at somebody like Roni Turioff, who was a relative unknown before he came to Spokane, ends up having a ten-year NBA career. Uh, you look at you know JP Batista and you know, Micah Downs, Austin Day, some of those guys who were there right before you and I were there. But how much did that kind of play a part too? Of like, hey, I think this is a program where you know maybe you didn't see that potential in yourself yet, but you thought, hey, this seems like a place. And how much did did the staff really sell you on? Hey, we believe that you can improve here, you can get better here, you know, you're going to be a, a better player when you leave than, than when you get here. How much was that kind of a part of it for you? 
That was a big part of it as well. Um, I don't know if they – I don't recall them necessarily, like, selling me, hey, like, we got a ton mm -hmm. of NBA guys here. He's coming because of that. But, yeah, it was there. Like, yeah, you knew the Rony Terrios. Mm -hmm. I watched, you know, Gonzaga play, um, you know, when I was in high school and stuff like sure. that. Um, but that I wouldn't say that was necessarily their way to get me to come there. It was, hey, right. NBA guys. Um, but ultimately, you know, as a kid, you know, um, you want your dream, the ultimate goal is to be in the NBA. So sure. in the back of my mind, I have that, I mean, which, which school will, you know, help, you know, help me get there. And obviously mm -hmm. Gonzaga has the, the background of getting guys into the NBA, which that, I looked at that as just a plus. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, um, other than that, you know, they had, they, I talked with, you know, Coach, uh, Coach Jack, Coach Jack Letty, Ray mm -hmm. Jack Letty, Leon Rice, those were my the guys yeah. who recruited me. Um, and they would they would just always talk about how they how they love my game. They their favorite mm -hmm. thing to say was it just goes in. It just goes in. <laughs> I love everybody. And they just want, you know, they were like they they gave me their vision for me, how they could see me being, you know, helping out Gonzaga and you know, obviously playing in the Gonzaga with the Gonzaga uniform on. What are things I had to work on? They were straightforward, like, hey, Sam, you got to work on that right. Mm -hmm. It wasn't always, uh, you know, they weren't sugarcoating anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they told me what I was good at, but they also told me what I was, what I need to work on and what I was going to work on Yeah, I was Gonzaga. And I look at that as a challenge because, you know, and, and honesty, because um, I'm big on, you know, um, mm -hmm. you know, integrity and, and things of that nature. So I look at that as a good thing as well. Like, hey, these guys aren't going to sugarcoat or they're not lying to me. They're, they're transparent. Mm -hmm. That's what I like. You know, I don't want to be coming around like that's what I like. So, um, and that's you know just the type of guys that those two guys are, um, and, and ended up working out for me. All right, folks, we got more from Sam coming your way in the second segment. But before we get there, let's talk about Bet Online. The 2022 NCAA tournament is in the books with a win secured by Bill Self and the Jayhawks of Kansas. While the Zags unfortunately fell short of the game's pinnacle week, that does not mean fans cannot remain in on the action. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports information. From all the latest odds, contests, and player props, you name it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all of your latest sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. Bet online, where the game starts. You had the, the pleasure of being on the first Gonzaga team to ever be ranked number one. Uh, first time it was our senior year, it was that 2012-2013 season. It was an incredibly fun atmosphere uh, to get that opportunity. It's, I don't want to use the word commonplace. That's what I have in my notes. That feels like the wrong word, but obviously it has it is far more normalized for Gonzaga to be the number one ranked team. They were for majority of last year, pretty much the entirety of the season before that. Um, you can be honest because I'll tell you honestly that I never expected the program to ascend to this level even after they were number one ranked that year. Uh, but did you kind of expect or, or see the program kind of elevating to the level that it's at now where – they're continually in that conversation for winning a national championship. I definitely saw that we were growing, going to get, mm -hmm. you know, we we're growing um, to be, you know, one of the top colleges in, or top colleges in, you know, in the country. Mm -hmm. But did I see us like being number one multiple times and stuff like that? No, I didn't, mm -hmm. I didn't, 
I didn't see that coming. Uh, so that's pretty cool to see. And, and I can, you know, it's good. It's cool that we were part of that history, that first number yeah. one team in Gonzaga history. Um, that's something, you know, we can hang our hat on. Like, hey, I, we were, I was a part of that team. Yeah. Um, that's, you know, kind of started that, you know, that, uh, what do I want to say? That, you know, re requirement yeah. to be number one and of excellence out of Gonzaga basketball. Like, hey, mm -hmm. we're, we're not, you know, the little Cinderella story anymore. We're Gonzaga basketball. We can, we can go up against anybody in the country. Um, yeah, absolutely. So um, that's cool. To, that's cool to see that we've evolved more into that. And like now, everybody's not looking at us as little old Gonzaga mm -hmm. University. It's uh, we're 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 being talked with the powerhouses of college basketball, which is pretty awesome. Yeah, it feels like Gonzaga went from the underdog that everybody wanted to root for to the team that everybody hated. And it was unfortunate that that kind of switch happened before they actually won a championship. Usually that is kind <laughs> of a step in the middle. I feel like Gonzaga's in this weird spot where everybody dislikes them for how much they win, but also criticizes them for not actually winning a championship, which like I, if people hate the Lakers or the Patriots or whatever, like I get that because they win all the time, but it's like, feels a little bit unfair for Gonzaga to kind of be lumped into that kind of characteristic just because they haven't actually won. And that kind of is what I wanted to talk about a little bit here too, is like Mark Few has had such an incredibly accomplished career. He's won, you know, over 900 games, he's won however many WCC championships, been the tournament for a, a streak long enough to legally drink, which is insane. Um, is there anything left besides that championship for him to accomplish? Or do you feel like that we're kind of championship or bust right now at, uh, at this Gonzaga program? Is there anything left as far as what? Yeah, is, I mean, is there anything? I mean, he's got to win championship, but like, has yeah. has he accomplished pretty much everything else that you can accomplish? Yeah, I mean, look at the guy's resume. Mm -hmm. Like, all he has left is win a cross off, win mm -hmm. a national title. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like he he gets the same type of I don't want to say hate, but mm -hmm. bias because like LeBron James for making yeah. the finals, every, you know, eight years straight. Yeah, yeah. like. How are you going to talk somebody down from doing one of the hardest things it yeah. is to do in basketball ever? Yeah. And and people are saying now that it's really hard to make it once. Mm -hmm. You know, we we make it to the tournament. You know, every year that's not mm -hmm. easy. No. Um. You know, and Coach Few has been able to do that for he's been coaching what over twenty years. Mm -hmm. Um. And he's been constantly making the tournament. Constantly, we've been in championship games, Final Fours, Elite Eights. People don't understand. People don't understand how hard it is to do that. Yeah, um, it's ridiculously hard to do that. Um, so it, I look at it, it's just a testament to Coach Few and just you know his discipline and just he's dialed in. Like he doesn't let all, all those other things get to him. He wants to win. Mm -hmm. um, and you want to know why I know he wants to win? Because look at his resume. Yeah, <laughs> that's why I know he wants to win. So <laughs> he's done it a lot of times. Yeah. <laughs> So development has been one of the biggest things that has really, I think, propelled Gonzaga to the level that they've had is the, the, the ability to, to not only identify talent that maybe other schools are not identifying or certainly identifying international talent and bringing that in, but then also developing those players. And one of the, the biggest stories of player development success in Gonzaga's history was one of your very good friends, Kelly Olenek, who went from being a, you know, he, he didn't redshirt right away, but he didn't play a ton his first couple of years was still kind of figuring out how to be seven feet tall. And then he yeah. redshirted that year and comes back and is, you know, an all American lottery pick is still playing in the NBA to this day. How much 
of an impact do you think that that season, that growth that Kelly had, has had on the Gonzaga program in general? It's helped. I think it's helped us get a lot of uh, more like you know star players now, just because mm-hmm. to see that man like Gonzaga really does, especially if, as bigs like mm-hmm. Gonzaga really puts a lot of effort into developing their players, which they yep. do. They do actually. Yeah. Um, it's funny because like with Kelly, like that's my best friend. Like we, uh, mm-hmm. I was just playing the game with him earlier. Uh, yeah. But going in like his redshirt season, like nobody had no clue how good he was going to be, except for mm-hmm. us. Like it was a uh, inside because he was yeah. practicing with us, um, and he would he would always be like the best teams, like the opposing mm-hmm. team. Like, we do pa- practice, he'll be the other team's best player. And Coach Hughes, so, Coach Hughes would get so like mad at him sometimes because he would do like some crazy like NBA move. <laughs> he would torture us. Kelly would torture us every mm-hmm. time, every practice. He would because those are his games. He yeah. would look forward to it. He would like he like really would look forward to practice. Like man, I'm getting so much better, and like this is mm-hmm. like this is my game. And he would do like these NBA moves and just would kill us in practice. And Coach Hughes would get mad like Kelly. Dude that guy can't do that move. What do you do? Like, he can't, he's not, like, he can't do that move. Like, what, no, let's do what they do and, like, mm-hmm. you know, and let's stay on, on page, but on the same page. But, uh, yeah, so, like, all of us knew internally, yeah, Kelly's going to mm-hmm. be NBA. Like, like, we do, like, we do that. Coach, you knew it. All the players, but yeah, he's, once he, once they let him lose, he's done with his dress shirt, he's going to be, he's going to NBA. I remember um, that. Really cool to see. I remember that so distinctly because people, because right before that season started, I, I remember there was some rumblings and some interviews that coach did kind of talking about how excited they were for Kelly and like what he was going to bring. And I, nobody believed, how could, how could people who weren't seeing that believe, you yeah, know, because they got, they only saw a small sample his first, yeah. his freshman year, which wasn't the same. It was a completely different kid. Like the, tra- yeah. the trajectory he took mm-hmm. from freshman year to junior year when he read mm-hmm. sophomore and then junior year when he finally played, like it's, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, that, a, a ton of growth. And that didn't, that didn't come easy. Like he mm-hmm. was dialed in every day. Like I'd never seen somebody with the work ethic like Kelly, Kelly has. And yeah. so he still has it to this day. Yeah. That's why he's, you know, still in the league. Not a lot of guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Kelly's story is obviously an incredibly inspirational one. Certainly your story is somebody who who did not, I think you started seven games in your first three years, and then you started over 30 games in your final year at Gonzaga, yeah. obviously a, a growth and a development there. Uh, I wanted to kind of just touch a little bit on, on that for you. And like, was there some frustration of not starting or not playing as much right away? Or were you kind of bought into like, Hey, my time is coming. I'm going to get there. And kind of, how does, how does the staff handle you know, you only start five guys, so not yeah. everybody's going to play as many minutes as they may want to play. So I'm curious how the staff kind of handled that and how it how it worked for you to kind of bide your time to get the role that you ended up getting in your final year. Yeah. So my freshman year, I wasn't sure, like, because I had never, like, I had a bunch of, like, not, not a bunch, but a couple welcome to college moments because I felt sure. like I was there skill-wise, but physically mm-hmm. I wasn't there yet. And so, yeah. like, it was kind of like we had talks, like, you know, do you want a red shirt or not? And, like, I could – I felt like I was good enough to play, so I, I didn't red shirt my first year. Right. Or no, I did red shirt my first Sorry. I did mm-hmm. end up red shirting. Um, and then after that, um, I came my sophomore year mm-hmm. uh, and then had a really good sophomore year. So, yeah. I got confused because, like, my sophomore year is I was a freshman because I red shirted. <laughs> right. I made all freshman first team, you know, 
first yeah. team, freshman team, my sophomore year, which was actually, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but we had those talks because I just wasn't there physically. And I'm, I'm happy I did that mm-hmm. um, just because like, I got it, it helped me grow um, mm-hmm. and learn the pace of college basketball, which is completely different from high school. The physicality, obviously. Um, we have a lot of play, like the playbooks, um, just the daily routines that you just have to get used to as a college basketball player. Mm-hmm. You, know, you got school as well. Like it, it's different. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you have to you have to get used to that that schedule because it is it, it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, you know, that happened. And, you know, my saw had a great sophomore year. Then junior year comes. Um, and then I was, you know, playing behind, you know, Robert Sacre, Elias mm-hmm. Harris. I was playing behind NBA guys. Yeah. So at the end, at the end of the day, like I felt like I, uh, I had you know I did the best I could, um, given with the situation because like I was behind NBA guys. Yeah. Um, and I took that as a chance to learn from them, and that's why I ended up having a really good senior year. Because mm-hmm. not only did I play behind Robert Zachary and Elias Harris, mm-hmm. but also I saw Kelly and what he took, what he yeah. did to make his transformation. Like I, I literally saw it. I lived with the guy my whole – like, literally, from freshman year to senior – like, I lived him the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like, man, like, so my junior year to – my junior year going to my senior year, I'm like, I'm going – I'm going to work like how Kelly did his redshirt yeah. season. Um, and so that's what I did. And that helped me build the confidence to be able, as a senior, you know, leader to help, you know, you know, lead the team and help, you know, um, help us, you know, make it to the WCC tournament, win that, and make it to the tournament – Cause mm-hmm. I didn't want to, I didn't want to be the one to not make it when you yeah. know, when you here like that was motivation right there and it said like yeah. you know what I'm not trying to be the, the senior that doesn't make it to the tournament mm-hmm. so a lot of things came in to help fuel me to help me you know um, fuel me to get you know better and want and to, to demand more out of myself. Obviously, the development has kind of been the key of the conversation here and, and your development and Kelly's development and, and Gonzaga's ability to develop particularly bigs, although they have obviously had a ton of success developing guards as well. But one of the biggest, if not the biggest change that has come to college basketball very recently uh, is the the way that the transfer portal is currently operating, the ability to transfer for through a certain window of time without having to sit out for a year. Uh, it has obviously changed college basketball dramatically. We've seen, I, th- I think the number was over 1,500, maybe 1,600 kids who entered the transfer portal, which is com- an insane amount of students uh, who, are, who are making that decision. And it stands, I think it stands to reason that a lot more kids who maybe don't start for their first couple of years or maybe redshirt in the middle of their career might be less likely to stick it out the way that you did, the way that Kelly did, the way that a lot of other players, you know, Shemek Karnowski is a good mm-hmm. example. Um, do you think that that is something that is maybe getting lost a little bit in college basketball? And then more specifically, do you think that it's, I'm curious if it's going to hurt Gonzaga or if it's going to help Gonzaga, because I think in some ways it could kind of go either way, depending on on who they're out there targeting. Yeah, I'm still trying to figure out this transfer portal thing. I think it is, a, it's good for the players because, yeah, you you know you get to you get the chance if you don't feel like you're appreciated or you're not getting um, the time or whatever it may be at whatever school you're at, you can you know enter the transfer portal and go somewhere else that will appreciate you more. Mm-hmm. I get that, and I'm all for that. Like players being appreciated and feeling like you know yeah they're welcome. Um, so I am for that. As far as Gonzaga, how it affect Gonzaga? I don't. 
I don't think it, honestly, I don't think it will affect Gonzaga because Gonzaga only recruits guys that are that. Like, you know, yeah. like, yes. like that, but like that's what Gonzaga mm-hmm. recruits. Like they, they don't recruit guys that would, you know, man, I don't feel appreciated. Like yeah. Gonzaga brings guys on that they think will, you know, stick there and be a part mm-hmm. of the team for a while. So for Gonzaga, I don't see it being a problem, but for mm-hmm. a lot of those other teams, I, I do. <laughs> you don't see that problem for Gonzaga. Yeah, you look at Gonzaga hasn't had a whole lot of people transfer out. Like even before the transfer portal was as prominent as it is, there have been a handful of guys and there have been, I mean, the the number of misses that I can kind of count where I think, oh, they expected more out of that kid than they got is like, I can probably count them on one hand. Like there's so few that that happen. And, and, you know, this year, Will Graves is the only player transferring out. And I mean, I don't want to say that doesn't count because he's obviously a part of the team, but it's, yeah. it's a different situation where he's just yeah. trying to find another opportunity to play, uh, which is not an opportunity he has at Gonzaga. And it, you talked about recruiting Zags, and I love that concept because I, I, I think it's, it's very difficult to quantify. And for a long time, a lot of the way people looked at that was like three or four year guys, like guys who are not necessarily who are going to be college guys they're not going to leave early whatever and that's not the case anymore Gonzaga has now had three one and duns there have had a ton of two and duns plenty of three and like the guys are not staying for all four years all the time but it doesn't seem like they're they, they still seem to find guys who fit and I think Jalen Suggs and Chet Holmgren the two Minnesota guys are great examples of very obvious one and duns yep from day one, there was never yep, yep, for sure. <laughs> those guys were coming back to Gonzaga, but they didn't take on, they, they didn't have me first roles or mentalities. They didn't seem to come in to try to score as many points as they could. Uh, Chet, in a lot of ways, was deferential to Drew Timmy and like let him do more of the scoring despite being the number one overall prospect in the class, yeah. which is very, very rare. Do, uh, do this, does Mark Few just have a really good sense? And his staff, it's not just him. Does the staff have a sense of like the, or are they just very, very good at identifying the right kind of guys who seem to fit the program and the mentality that they look for here in Spokane? I think with their recruiting, they have a really good idea of what they, you know, what mm-hmm. type of skill sets, personalities mm-hmm. um, that they want to bring on to the team. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, you know, they want everybody to stay four years. Yeah. Yeah. Keeping their four years. Yeah. But as they know, guys, like like you said, like Holmgren and so they're one year guys. But yeah, it's tough. Even for them, it was tough for them to leave. Like for Suggs, mm-hmm. and like, yeah, yeah we're going to make it. They may be like, man, I'm, maybe I might stay another year. He's like, Timmy, you know, <laughs> Timmy could have left last year, but yeah. he, you know, he stayed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just, that just shows like how great of a program Gonzaga is. Cause even guys that are, you know, one, Predicted one and dones. Mm-hmm. They end up saying because like, they just love it at Gonzaga so much, yeah. and maybe we, they didn't get as far as they wanted to in the tournament, or mm-hmm. their staff wasn't what it, you know what they wanted to be the previous year, or whatever it may be, and they end up staying. Um, and those are the type of guys that Gonzaga recruits. It's uh, they got it down to a science. Like they don't, they are they really they're really good at picking um, guys that who they want on the team. Um, I don't know how they do it. I mean, I guess it's <laughs> I mean, with me, I guess they, uh, yeah, I don't know how they do it. Yeah, I, they, they don't want people to know how they did it. They want yeah, to pick, way, like, they just pick, pick Zags. Like, they pick Zags. That's simple. Plain and simple, they pick Zags. And now at this point, you know, when these kids are, are weighing these decisions, they want to come back because they love Spokane, they love Gonzaga. But now there's a new wrinkle that they have the ability to make some money, which was something that they did not have the ability to do previously. Uh, not, not Don't legally. remind me. 
<laughs> NIL. I already know it's coming up. <laughs> I was talking to, I had Matt Santangelo and Shaniqua Nils on the show uh, like a two weeks ago or so uh, talking about their new initiative, uh, helping raise money to, to uh, dish out to student athletes yeah. uh, through a collective. And Shanique was saying the same thing. She was like, man, I was a single mom in college. Like I would have taken every single opportunity that I could have to made some money. And I, I would have just needed one place and you know, it, one place. Uh, and they, I wouldn't even have to ask. They would have just gave it to me. Cause like we, yeah. it's ridiculous how much Taco Bell we ate back then. I wish I could eat it as much as I did back then. My, Mm-hmm. My metabolism slowed down. I'm getting a little old. I can't eat it as much as I would like. Mm-hmm. But I would have had a, a, a t- Taco Bell NIO, NIO deal all the time. Do like, you have, have, Go ahead. No, oh no, you you got you got it. I was just gonna say, do you do you have a a, a proposed what you would have wanted Taco Bell to do? Is there a deal? Is there like a, a specific meal that you would have wanted them to do? A, a, a dour taco? I actually, yeah, because somebody asked me um, on Twitter. <laughs> and like I had never really like thought about like what I would actually mm-hmm. want from them. I would just I would just want free taco. <laughs> like, yeah, you, know, yeah. you know, if they wanted to pay me some money, I mean, yeah, money's nice and a certain amount of money. But mm-hmm. I would have been nice to have like a, a Sam Dower meal, like or Dolo, did whatever you want to call it. Like yeah. I have like my favorite things that half of them are taken off the menu because I don't know why Taco Bell decides to do that. Take my favorite things off the menu all the time. Uh, <laughs> but I'd bring those back uh, mm-hmm. for sure. Cause those are fan favorites. Um, and yeah, like I'd want to like be in like commercials and stuff like that. Like I still want to do that. Like I tweeted them cause I want to be a part of Taco Bell one day. I don't know what they have for me in the future, <laughs> but I'm speaking into existence Taco Bell. Like I'm, I'm out, I'm ready for you. <laughs> well, we'll, we'll talk to Santangelo and see if they can get something going for you over there. Maybe they'll work with former players. Yeah. <laughs> Sam, thanks so much, man. I got one more thing for you. Just yeah. sticking with that NIL thing uh, before we kind of let it go. Uh, yeah. Obviously, something that that is a positive for student athletes, uh, for them to make money off of uh, the the fact that they've been making their schools money for decades, particularly on the basketball and football side. Um, I, it's a good thing for student athletes. How have you kind of interpreted what's been going on so far? Do you think that there's some some things that maybe need to be ironed out, uh, or is it kind of one of those things where, hey? If if they're willing to pay you, go go get your money. Go go earn the money that you oh, deserve. Oh yeah, go, go get that. that bag. If they're gonna pay you, like, because yeah. deserve we deserve it. Like I remember mm-hmm. being in college and not having any money. Like yeah, you get the scholarships and stuff like that. But like we're eating at Taco Bell's because we didn't have money to go to get restaurants. Taco yeah. Bell had a value menu things for seventy nine cents, eighty nine yeah. cents, ninety nine cents. Like we would just kill it on that value <laughs> menu. Um, but not, like, but we're as student athletes. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the athlete or student comes first. Yeah, you got to go to school, and then you got to spend the rest of your time mm-hmm. at practice, getting better. Everything yeah. that you know entails with being an athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, and student, like people should get students get paid for that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's and because not because of they're an athlete, but because the NCAA makes a, a crap ton of money off of us. Yeah. So, yeah. like, if they're going here making all this money off of us, why can't we get you know yeah. some of that? You know, as a student athlete, so they definitely, if they any chance they get, they I would be trying to get all the NIL deals I could mm-hmm. um, that was that were thrown my way if I could, because like yeah, they deserve it. They put so much time and effort into the classroom and on, on the court, like they or whatever sport they're playing, um, they deserve that. You know, get paid for that. 
1000% Sam could not agree with you more. Sam, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, it's always fun to talk to former Zags uh, and kind of get the perspective on, on how things are going with the program now. So, so thanks again. Yeah, I appreciate it, Andy. Here anytime, man. Absolutely. So you can follow Sam on Twitter at Dolo Dower if you are looking for more Taco Bell takes. Uh, that is the, the primary thing to find there on Twitter. Uh, we're, we're not going to have an episode next Monday to celebrate the holiday, but we will have our normal mailbag on Tuesday for those listening right here on the Locked On Zags podcast. Thank you for making Locked On Zags your first listen of the day. And go Zags. Go Zags.